Our journey in Luke began last week with two women, Mary and Elizabeth, and the birth announcements of John and Jesus. And now we find John. He's a grown man, and he's beginning his ministry of baptism, setting the stage for Jesus. The Bible says that he came to prepare the way of the Lord. He gets the attention of the people by his radical living and his radical message. Remember, John is this Elijah-like prophet who lives in the wilderness and eats bugs. And he preaches repentance, which is a word we hear often in church that simply means return. Return to God. And John's influence as a minister and as a preacher and as this prophet-like figure is starting to grow. People are coming to him in crowds into the wilderness at the Jordan to be baptized. And all the while John's preaching, telling them, you need to change the way you live your life. Don't just be baptized, but return to the way of God. And so the crowds begin to ask John, what should we do? And he tells them, if you have two cloaks, give one to someone who has none. Do the same if you have food. To tax collectors, he said, collect no more than the amount prescribed to you. To soldiers, he said, do not extort money from anyone. Be satisfied with your wages. In other words, be generous, be honest, be ethical, and be kind. Bear fruit worthy of repentance is what John says in verse 8. Of course, sadly, John the Baptist will eventually be imprisoned and even executed by King Herod. But before any of that happens, as his influence is growing to the point where people are starting to question, is John the Messiah? But as the one who came to prepare the way of the Lord, John points to Jesus. I baptize you with water. But there is someone coming who is more powerful than me. I am not worthy to untie his shoes. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. To our teenagers getting baptized today. My plan is not to use fire (laughs) in any way. But be prepared for anything. This is a safe place to be because it's filled with water. Jesus baptizes with fire. 
In the Old Testament, fire was used to burn up sin offerings in the temple. In the old ancient sacrificial system, fire represented God's desire to burn away sin and to purify his people. Fire can be associated with the wrath of God and the final judgment. But fire can also represent the very presence of God. God reveals himself to Moses in the form of a burning bush. God leads the Israelites through the wilderness at night as a pillar of fire. God descends upon Mount Sinai in fire. Exodus 19. The book of Hebrews says, Our God is a consuming fire. Fire has purifying and cleansing qualities. We use fire to refine precious metals or to make awesome weapons if you're Isaac Layton. We use fire and heat to boil water, clean our drinking water. I know we've been getting too many forest fires these last few years, but sometimes a fire can actually come and cleanse a forest and bring balance back to an ecosystem. Fire removes low-growing underbrush, cleans the forest floor of debris, opens it up to sunlight, and it nourishes the soil. Fire burns away the old and makes room for the new to grow. To say Jesus baptizes with fire is another way of saying he purges us with his love, with his holiness, and with his presence. He removes our toxic tendencies that live inside of us. He removes our proclivity to sin, our proclivity to be selfish or vindictive. Jesus comes with his fire and he slowly burns that stuff away. God purifies and strengthens our character and our faith The fire of Christ is the cleansing and forgiving work of God in our lives. The old is burned away so something new can come. But John's mention of fire also points to the Pentecost event which we celebrated last Sunday. We read in Acts chapter 2, When the day of Pentecost had come, all the disciples were gathered in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came the sound like a rush of violent wind and filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Pentecost is this incredible event of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit which gives birth to the church. And then the Holy Spirit, after this miraculous display of power, the Holy Spirit leads the church in the book of Acts into deeper community, 
deeper relationship, deeper worship, and a mission of focus to bear witness to the gospel to the ends of the earth, as Jesus says in Acts 1. The Holy Spirit equips us for all the work that God has us do. Equips us for everything we need. When I was a football player, my first year of, uh, you call it hell week, because you get your pads and it's very tiring and you have two a days, sometimes three a days. Well, we were supposed to bring our own lunches to football practice. I just had my mom make mine, which is a very smart idea. Because other football players would come with little sack lunches. My mom would pack an ice chest. (laughs) You're laughing, but I'm not kidding. Inside the ice chest would be several hoagies. Not like small sandwiches, but hoagies. Meats and cheese. There would be multiple, not just one hostess product. I'm talking about a ding-dong, a cupcake, a ho-ho, and a Twinkie. Now, it is not physically possible to eat all of this in one meal, but my mom made sure I was fully equipped to make friends on the football team. (laughs) The Holy Spirit equips us for everything God asks us to do, friends. God will not call you to do something and not give you exactly what you need to do it. The Holy Spirit equips us in our relationships to be people of joy and peace and healing. The Holy Spirit equips us in our work to be people who have integrity, who are honest, who are creative. The Holy Spirit equips us with gifts and abilities to serve in the church, to serve out there. The Holy Spirit is about empowering us to do what God wants us to do. So when Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, as John the Baptist talks about, he's talking about refining and empowering. The fire purifies, it cleanses, and it transforms. The Holy Spirit empowers and guides and strengthens us. In other words, the baptism of Jesus is all about salvation. Saved by fire. Empowered by the Spirit. When Jesus is baptized, heaven opens up. And the Holy Spirit des- descends upon Jesus in bodily form like a dove, and a voice from heaven says, you are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. This entire scene is an echo from Isaiah chapter 42. Listen to these words. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights, the beloved. I have put my spirit upon him, the dove. 
Isaiah prophetically looks forward to Jesus as God's agent of salvation. Speaking about Jesus later on in Isaiah chapter 53, Isaiah says he has borne our infirmities. He's carried our diseases. By his bruises we are healed. To say Jesus purifies means he makes it possible that our sin can be taken away from us, our brokenness, our ugliness, and God makes us like new. By his bruises we are healed, forgiven, clean slate, and his mercies are new every single day. The grace and forgiveness of God is available to you every single day. One of the reasons we talk about one baptism, why we don't talk about needing to get baptized again and again and again multiple times in our life, because once is enough. One death for all sin, for all time. The grace of God covers the entirety of your life, past, present, and future. You are always forgiven at the foot of the cross. Peter says Christ suffered once for all. When I did my chaplaincy, the hospital, I soon discovered how often they make medical people wash their hands. It's annoying. (laughs) There's a nurse back there. We chaplains are taught every time you walk into a room and every time you walk out of a room, you need to wash your hands or sanitize. And after a while, you get tired of washing your hands. And for someone like myself, who has dry and delicate skin, (laughs) it gets old after a while. Friends, when Jesus cleans you up and forgives you, it is forever. A one-time washing, one baptism for all time. Because the point is about grace. And some of us need to get that today. Some of us have to have that pierce our minds that God forgives you. And you needed to be reminded of that today. And yet, we still confess our sin every single day. The grace is there every day, but so needs to be our confession and our repentance, because we are prone to wander. To borrow from Bonhoeffer, grace is not cheap. Grace is not an excuse to go on living in dysfunction. And friends, we all know this. Actions have consequences. When you live a life of destruction, it's going to lead to destruction. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, that's what we're talking about today, 
the power of the Holy Spirit, being baptized by the Holy Spirit. We have strength to live lives worthy of the gospel because the Spirit will push us towards healthy relationships where we're challenged and encouraged and supported and held accountable because the Spirit will push us to confess our sins, to repent, to come to Jesus. The Spirit will equip us with gifts and abilities to serve God. We live this life of love, but we do not do it on our own. We are equipped every step of the way. Baptism is the lifelong reminder you are forgiven, you are empowered. And one, of the, one of the reasons we use water or bread with communion is because these are things that we can interact with every single day. Be reminded whenever you wash your hands, whenever you take a shower, whenever you drink a glass of water, the waters of baptism where you are cleansed, forgiven, and empowered. Spirit and fire. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you for the gift of your word made flesh, Jesus Christ. In him, we see the way of life, the way of life to follow, the way of life to be forgiven, and the way of life to be empowered. We thank you that Jesus identifies with us, even we sinners, when he is baptized. God, may we look to him, be renewed and strengthened for that which you call us to do. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.